You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. <laughs> I apologize. We've missed the last couple of days. It's been a rough couple of days for your boy. Yeah. Been sick. Had to miss the wake-up call on Tuesday and Wednesday. Had to miss Lockdown Hornets, as everyone knows, listening to this podcast. Had to miss this podcast the last couple of days. We haven't had Doug here because, as he always and frequently travels, he was in Orlando for the last couple of days. So very different reasons why we were out. So we left poor Nada all by himself, and so I just didn't want Nada to have to do it solo dolo. So we just didn't have a show the last couple of days. I mean, I haven't done a 20-minute show by myself in about three years. I wasn't going to like regale y'all with stories of the way things Things used to be. I would have liked to have heard it. Was it going to be that type of show where you're just going to remind us of how things used to be? Is that how it was going to be? I would have been. I, I, again, you know how much I hate nostalgia. Come on now. I, I know you do. And Doug, I've heard a lot of interesting things. I, I've been hanging around Nada today before we hopped in the studio for about 30 minutes, and I've heard that your Orlando trip was interesting about four different times. I, I'm interested in what happened to you down in Orlando and your trip the last, I guess, couple of days. Uh, nothing really happened to me. I saw a, a General Patton impersonator. So I'm in Orlando. I'm near Disney World, but I'm like a stone's throw away from the most magical place on Earth. So in my <laughs> hotel room, I can see the fireworks. I can hear the fireworks. I can I can just imagine. What hotel did you stay? It was, the, uh, it was like a Hilton Resort. Right. This is for work. I was uh, shooting a seminar there. And... Yeah, I can hear people being happy about going to Disney World, and yet I was not in Disney World. Was not happy, and you were not a part of Disney World. No, but I did see a General Patton impersonator, and then I saw a Garth Brooks impersonator, (laughs) and uh, it was it was the least magical place on earth where I was. Which one was better, or was it was it just which one was less worse? I think uh, probably Patton. I'm going to go with Patton was was less worse than a Garth Brooks impersonator in Orlando, Florida. I saw yeah. the video of Garth Brooks, the Garth Brooks impersonator, and I saw Jeffrey, by the way, kind of laughing the whole time because he's close to being up front with him while he's singing, I have friends in low places. I got friends. Excuse me. I need to get that correct. I got friends in low places. Yeah. So yeah. it didn't seem like he was thrilled to be up there. Yeah, my boss is a very serious person, very serious about the subjects <laughs> that he talks about. So city, seeing him uh, with a Garth Brooks impersonator was uh, pretty hilarious. No, I would imagine. Yeah, seeing Jeffrey, you know, every time I come in to do the show just a couple of minutes beforehand, getting to interact with Jeffrey, that seems like something that I would want to be a part of. So I apologize on behalf of us for missing the last couple of days, but here we are now, and we're going to try to get things off and rolling. This is Lockdown Hornets, presented by the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's your team every day. It's local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can check us all out on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. So we have not gotten to talk about the Spurs game. It was the last game of this road trip that we all had bad feelings about coming yes. into it, and it played pretty much exactly how we thought it would up until this Spurs game where the Charlotte Hornets looked like a Hornets team that we had not seen in quite a while, where they actually decided to play some defense. They played well, really on both ends of the court. It was a, a clutch performance, and anytime yes. the Spurs tried to get some kind of run going their way, 
the Hornets would come back down the other end and actually hit a couple of big-time shots. Miles Bridges with a big-time dunk after maybe you would have seen the Spurs get a big-time dunk and maybe get some momentum. Miles Bridges answers. This was a good, comforting win if you're a Charlotte Hornet fan. Not so comforting that you think they're going to do this every single time out, but two and four in this six-game road trip, I think we expected one and five. I was happy with one and five. Yeah, I they they go two and four. You know, they have a chance at least for a three-game road, uh, three-game winning streak. I should say here, they have a chance. I mean, we're not going to count them before they hatch. Here. You'll take two out of three, though. Uh, but. At least it wasn't as bad as possibly it could have been, and they put together a good performance all for Tony Parker's homecoming. That was a great performance. That was probably their most complete game when you talk about, when you're simply just talking about just complete wins, offense, defense, clutch baskets, timely moments from guys that you didn't expect. Hell, Biz had a three-point play that just surprised. Like (laughs) That was fun. That, that was fun to see like, everybody get so excited for Biz for that three-point play. I mean, that must have been like a fever dream for you. <laughs> like, like you got to be like, am I tripping right now or did I see? I, I thought I was high on painkillers and just a whole bunch of DayQuil slash whatever Advil, whatever kind of drugs I was pumping through my blood. I really thought that that kind of team, that performance out there from the Hornets, based on what we had seen, I thought I was tripping. There's yeah, no doubt about it. No, as, as you should. But that was the thing, though. Like, that was... For me, that was their most complete win of the season. And for me, that's their best road win. And they had a really good road win in Miami. But for me, this was their most complete win possible. Yeah, I'll I'll go with you on the, the best road win for sure. There's not too many to choose from. Yeah, you know, there's not many. Out West on this road trip, you know, they, they did have some rest. But to play against the Spurs the way they did, especially when the Spurs were kind of hot, right? Yeah. Like this wasn't a team that they were picking on when they were down. You know, the Heat were struggling, even though it was at the beginning of the season and they got that win on the road against the Heat. You know, it was a team that really wasn't playing their best basketball even a couple of games after that. Yeah. The Spurs had gotten it figured out. Exactly. And they hadn't and the Hornets hadn't won there since two thousand and six. And I think that was a big thing to Huge. exercise that de- kind of demon right a- there. Absolutely. Huge. A couple things to note from this game. Malik Monk only gets five minutes. So, Justified. Yeah. Justified. I, well, and look, you know, th- we've, we've seen this. You know, we, we've seen this before. I don't know how many times we'll see it again. Maybe we see it tonight. You know, Maybe Malik gets back into the rotation more than just the five minutes that he played against the Spurs. But Malik Monk only plays five. Devontae Graham does not play very much. Devontae only gets 11 minutes. Mm-hmm. But Miles Bridges gets a little bit more minutes than maybe we had seen a few times here and there outside of the garbage time that he was able to accumulate. Got 19 minutes and important minutes for this, uh, for this Spurs game and got eight points to boot. It, he, again, they started running sets for him, and the one thing about Borrego was that he was going to be a little bit more intentional in getting Miles' ch- touches and getting him in spots where he can feel comfortable and expanding his game. And I think that's going to be key because you're going to need somebody outside of Jeremy Lamb. You're going to need somebody outside of Kemba Walker to get going and to basically take on that additional scoring role. And maybe it's, maybe it's Marvin Williams, but if Bridges does this, it helps solidify the bench, and it makes them a little bit more versatile going down the stretch. Jeremy Lamb, nineteen points and seven rebounds against the Spurs, and he's been—you know—he's played very well since returning from injury. And it's just nice to see uh, that that second—you know—offensive punch from him. Plus, he's doing really well on the boards, averaging six uh, boards a game since returning. So good to see Jeremy Lamb. 
producing out there for the Hornets. Sure. And again, efficient from the field and just going back to, you know, Jeremy is a guy that I feel like we can all rely on offensively. He's going to get you. He's a Snuggie. Yeah. He's a Snuggie. He is very comforting. Yes. He's very mobile and he's very comforting. He's going to get you um, a, a good 15 points. You know, you can count on Jeremy Lamb, especially when Kimba Walker sometimes has had his struggles shooting from the field. Yes. I feel like Jeremy Lamb, for the most part, has been very comforting in that aspect. Some other things to maybe point from this game uh, was, of course, the, the biggest story about it was that Tony Parker, he comes back to San Antonio. You know, this game was listed on NBA TV. Yes. And that was the allure of it. That was the other big thing. They actually won a game on national TV. That's right. They didn't shy away from the moment, even though it was basically brought in for one player, and that is Tony Parker. They did step up in the moment. So they won a game on NBA TV. It was the home. It was the very, uh, it was the number one headline. It was a very front page article that you saw when you visited ESPN's website. It was a big picture of Tony Parker in a Hornets uniform, and they were getting ready to play the Spurs. And it was it was one of the number one storylines of the night, seeing Tony Parker come back. Obviously, a very warm welcome yes. from the Spurs fans, uh, seeing Tony Parker come back to San Antonio. And you know, it wasn't exactly the greatest game in the world for Tony, but 4 of 12, 19 minutes, so he did get to play 20 minutes pretty much in that game. Got eight points, you know, did some good things here and there, and, and, and did help them to the win. It was a 15-point win for the Hornets, and Tony Parker did some good things. You know, it wasn't the greatest game, but... Was no, fun. it wasn't his greatest game, but the big thing was, for the first, first three quarters, he wasn't good at all. For that last set little bit, right. he was awesome. Like, that last fourth quarter, he came up with big buckets and reminded everybody in San Antonio, yo, this is why my number's going to be up in those rafters mm-hmm. in about five years. Tony asked, he had a quote, and um, in the quote, he asked, you know, why can't we play like this every road game? You know, I talked to the guys, this is him speaking, and this is not verbatim, but, you know, Tony Parker saying, you know, I asked the guys, why can't we play like this every single road game? And the guys told him, you know, we wanted to get up for you. He's like, well, now that I, I see that you have this in you, you know, I'm going to demand more from you. And so I think that's what's so frustrating about Hornets fans, from Hornets fans, is that we should see this kind of effort, at least, maybe you don't have that kind of execution, but sometimes the effort has been in question. And now Tony Parker, you know, I'm going to demand more from you now that I can see it actually out here and come to fruition. It's so strange. This is a team of veterans. Right. This is not a team. This is not the Chicago Bulls. This is not the Atlanta Hawks. You expect these players to get up for the sake of getting up for fans, for the record, for playoffs. Like, why do you need a Tony Parker return game to be motivated? We we need a Hall of Famer on his way out of the NBA to let us know how to play basketball. You know, at least to bring the effort. You know, we might need. What's that? I think we might need a meditation session. A meditation, st- uh, a meditation s- session for who I can't even talk for so. the veterans. Doug might need to bring back his yogi voice. See, I, I'm worried that if we, we we could maybe bring that back, but just for the Somebody effort, needs to bring it back for me because I'm <laughs> hot right now. No. I can't get into my zone. No, that's uh, Tony Parker hot too. They they got the win at home, like for his special moment. He called it emotionally draining, but that was his moment, and he's using it to discuss. Hey, why can't we play like this every single night? Now this is what. Tony's bringing that up. He's got his personal. He's got his personal playoff streak on the line. No, he does. Tony he's, is like junior high teacher right now. Okay, guys. Now I see that you can do this. So now I'm going to expect it from you. Feel Every like he's class. more angry though. Maybe he's junior high gym teacher. 
He's um, absolutely junior high gym teacher. Yeah. Listen, he's doing everything he should. It's really, I'm saying, like, no, you, right. why do you need to be motivated in that way? I don't know. But they didn't surrender a 30-point quarter for the first time in a long time. I mean, it, it for seemed— For three straight quarters. Uh, it, it, right. I mean, it, it seemed like at least we were going to get one 30-point quarter from the opposing team in every single game. And we didn't get one. We didn't get one over 24 points from the San Antonio Spurs, which is impressive. And also just one thing real quickly before we move on, Bismack and Billy Minutes. It's been yeah. interesting to see how Borrego has handled that with Cody Zeller out. Bismack played more than what Billy did in this game. Billy only played 14 minutes. Bismack played 22. And I do feel like I've liked what I've seen more from Bismack Biombo than what I have from Billy Hernan Gomez in this stretch without Cody Zeller. I absolutely agree with you. And the big thing is Biz did a whole lot of stuff that really, and I know Doug's going to hate this, but really did not show up on the box score. There were a lot of hard screens that were set, a lot of really good defense after Aldridge essentially just lit him up. I was really impressed with Bismack, and if I'm Billy Hernan Gomez right now, if I, I need to get my defense up because when Cody gets back, there may not be a spot for Billy soon. All right. Is that more acceptable to you? Like, if it's a Bismack who does things that doesn't show up in the box score, or do you just are you tired of any basketball player that oh, does no. thing that doesn't that does things that does not show up in the box? Listen, score? we have measurements All right. to measure impact. <laughs> There's our answer. Oh, and if we can't measure the impact, Already. then we can't say that there was impact. He's right. back, everybody. All right, very good. We're giving you daily Hornets talk in your podcast feed. We need you to show your support. By joining our Patreon page for just as little as $1 a month, just $1, you'll be supporting the content that you depend on. That's patreon.com slash LOH. We'll come back in a moment. We'll talk about the Kings game tonight. And also, would you say the Hornets survived this road trip? It was ugly, but maybe not as ugly as it could have been. And again, the Sacramento Kings are tonight. So we'll talk about that after this after this break. It's the Locked on Hornets podcast. are listening to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Did he go with Myers Leonard as his first comparison as a big man hitting from the three-point line? Oh, Funny. did I say Leonard? I meant uh, Miles Turner. Okay. <laughs> you did. I think okay. you said Miles Leonard. That was Leonard. on me. Sorry about that. That's a bad mistake. I know when I think shooting big men, Myers Leonard is the first guy that comes to mind. Absolutely. I was thinking Steve Clifford and I might be Hot the shot. same wavelength. Hot shot. There. Myers Leonard. <laughs> that's, that's his nickname. It's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Eric Goodman tweeted, what was it, a couple weeks ago? He tweeted a Lego version of Myers Leonard, and he tweeted yes. at us, and he said, it's hot shot. And by the way, I just want to point out that this picture, again, listener Eric Goodman, parent fan of the show because he dropped the hot shot nickname. I imagine only our podcast is given Myers Leonard. I don't know if there is many, but I would imagine it's just us. Exclusive. Doug, he <laughs> tweeted at you as well as the show handle. And he says hot shot, and then he shows a picture of the Lego that is Myers Leonard. And does this Lego not look black to you? It, it, I mean, it absolutely does. That, that, is, that is a black Lego. That is a human being that is black in Lego form. And Myers Leonard, he might be a hot shot, but he is not indeed black. No, he is not. He is not black. <laughs> he is not white chocolate. This, this is like this is an affront. I, Lego I'm, appropriation. I, I'm just I'm <laughs> just white. This is Lego Ow. gentrification. <laughs> yes. I am dying. upset and I am outraged and I'm going to write this company and I'm going to sue them for all their work. No, they're not worth much. Okay. 
I mean, I, I used to love the NBA Legos, by the way, when I was a kid. You know, they I had the Vince Carter. I, I was a kid. Are you really looking at me like down upon me because I was a kid and played with NBA Legos? No, I, I get playing with Legos. Like, you just gave just... me the most disgusting look. And I'm sitting here at like eight, nine years old playing with basketball Legos. Is that not sophisticated enough for you? Of course not. Is that, I'm a snob. Am I Have an uncultured savage it? at eight years old for playing with Legos? NBA Legos, yes. I apologize. B- Star, Wars Lego, Star Wars Legos, okay. I played NBA with those Le- two. I played with those two. But you led with that. When I was playing with Legos, they got the race right. I don't know what's going on now. It's just everybody was yellow, apparently. Like yes. It was, that, that's how it used to be. Equality for all. And now they tried, but they brought Myers Leonard as a black guy. All right, Legos, why don't you get it together? It's the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's Walker Mail, not Edwards, and Doug Branson back with you here. We took a couple of days absence. Doug was in Orlando listening to Garth Brooks imitators. I was sick and getting high off of all sorts of medication. But and now you we're, didn't share. Uh, no, we're, we're back here now. I, I wish that I didn't need to take this medication. But now we're back, and we've got the Sacramento Kings tonight, the Charlotte Hornets. They do have a chance to go on a three-game winning streak here. You know, yes. So so they went two and four on this road trip. They finished the road trip with a win against San Antonio. Mm-hmm. They have the Kings tonight. It was one of the losses that they had on this road trip out yes. west. And they also have the Phoenix Suns. It was their only win in that road trip uh, outside of San Antonio. Mm-hmm. So they have a chance to come back and win a couple of games in a row. That would bring them to 22 and 23 before they go on another road trip, but it's not near as brutal as the one we just witnessed. So the Hornets have a little bit of a chance here to make up some ground. They do have a little bit of chance to make up some ground. I am on record for saying that the Kings have a whole lot of questions that the Hornets have really no answers for. I still believe that. So I think they probably will lose tonight. They better not lose Saturday. There's no reason to lose to that squad Phoenix, the Phoenix Suns on sat on Saturday, none whatsoever. I was looking at the Kings roster and just looking at what they were doing this weekend. Of course, when they played or this past weekend, how about Buddy Heald, man? I mean, he has been phenomenal this season. Offensively, you look at what he's done. Listen to these numbers: shooting close to forty-eight percent from the field, shooting close to forty-five percent from beyond the arc, and averaging twenty points a game, and that's extremely efficient, shooting from all over the place. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this is a guy, look, everybody loves to clown Vivek Renadive. Loved him some Bunny, Buddy Heald. Yeah. You know, wanted Buddy Heald badly out of the draft, didn't get a chance to get him. But when DeMarcus Cousins let it be known that he wanted away from the Kings, and they had you had that whole mess A couple going years on, too late, right? Like, add. was it DeMarcus Cousins or was it the Sacramento Kings who was causing most of the problems? They decided to capitalize on Cousins' value by getting Buddy Heald because Renadive really wanted him, mm-hmm. and everybody destroyed him for that trade. And well, he got he got destroyed at the time. I know that. Well, here's the thing: it's kind of it's kind of justified because if you really believed in Buddy Heald, you wouldn't have give, tried to give Zach Levine eighty million dollars. Well, and and I'm not saying that they're all of a sudden geniuses from what they've been yeah. doing here by any stretch of the imagination. But give credit to Buddy Heald and how he's been playing. Oh no, he's been playing well. He's been balling. It's also a contract year. And also De'Aaron Fox playing very well. Yes, forty seven percent from the field. Got his three-point shooting percentage all the way up to 37. 
which is very good. And it's a second year player. And look, it's one of those things where you you never want to give most improved players to sophomore year players because that's just how you see things happen in the NBA. Especially not a top five pick. He's doing what he's supposed to do. Right. And he's not an he's not an MIP candidate. But I still think you do have to commend because De'Aaron Fox was not playing like there there were some legitimate questions about his ability to shoot, his ability to play in this league and be a legitimate star. And he's quickly answered those I think in his second season no he's absolutely answered them and what's funny is that there's a team in uh Los Angeles that's probably regretting drafting Alonzo Ball over this man because if LeBron had a guy like the Aaron Fox it would be no neat reason to rush back from a groin injury right now yeah but that's neither here nor there well and, and I like Alonzo Ball but I just don't know how those two LeBron James and company they're going to be able to mesh going forward and we'll see you know if the we Lakers make a trade let's see if the Pelicans make another trade after trading uh for DeMarcus Cousins we'll see if they trade their other big star their big man in oh, Anthony Davis yeah we'll uh talk a little bit more about what else is going on in the NBA Miles Bridges has a verdict on if he would enter the dunk contest or not stick around and find out what his answer is here on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network This is Locked on Hornets. Did we like the Marco Bellinelli experiment here no. in Charlotte? Or are we glad that he's kind of gone? I, I, I'm one of those that's kind of glad he's I, gone. I, I, one I'm of the too. only players that has blocked Locked on Hornets on Twitter. Did he block us? <laughs> yeah. He blocked us. I, did, what, Some, did, for did we hate on him? Did we come at him for something? Or? So I may have said, and I didn't at him or anything like that, but I may have said that his defense on LeBron James at one point resembled that of a potted plant. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. We've talked about it a lot this season that Miles Bridges, he's been amazing dunking the basketball. Yes, he has. And a lot of people have wanted to see him in the dunk contest. Well, Rick Bennell tweeted out just a couple of hours ago, said, quote, Hornets rookie Miles Bridges Hasn't yet been contacted by the NBA about the dunk contest, and he does mention it's way too early probably. But he says he'd definitely love to get an invitation and would certainly accept. So if they do send him an invitation, and this has gotten national support, by the way. Yes. I've seen other people, you know, John Schumann, an NBA.com stats guy, he tweeted that he would love to see Miles Bridges in the dunk contest. This has gotten some national play here. So if they do invite him, which I would imagine – that's certainly a good possibility. Miles Bridges would indeed be the dunk contest participant here in Charlotte. I, I'm the only reason I want him to say no, quite honestly. Because you hate things. Besides besides the fact that I obviously hate things, I'm gonna be very selfish. If I can't be in the building to see it, I really don't want I don't want him doing it. You want to see him though. Like you want to watch him be in this dunk Not contest. Not from the right? TV when it's when it's in my own city. Okay, that's a silly reason. But this I silly. actually have a legitimate reason for him to I don't think he should decline it like legitimately, but I hope he's not invited because I think it's a danger for rookies to sort of be defined by something and 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 have a label put on them as a dunker. I mean, I just hope that he continues to develop all of his skills and eventually becomes a starter and and possibly a star for the Charlotte Hornets and and doesn't just sort of, you know, become this guy who just dunks really well. Well, I, th- that's the Zion Williamson ideology right this is Zion who is an amazing basketball player but he dunks it so well 
and he still says, you know, I don't want to be labeled as a dunker. See, I don't I don't think that would be at risk here. That's like saying you know, a model's that's like a model saying, I don't want to be defined as hot. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, Miles Bridges is an amazing dunker, and we've seen it. We've seen all of these highlights. I think if he wants to be in the dunk contest, one, I, I hope he would accept. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a problem that he'd be invited. And I understand, I guess, your point to a little uh, to a, a certain degree, but I do think that it's it's not going to label him forever. You know, I, I think that Miles Bridges, as long as his game continues to develop, then I, I think that's the way that you get out of that mantra of just being a dunker. I, I think as long as you develop, I think that would go away, that notion. No, it, it absolutely would go away. And more importantly, like this is what you've done. This is what puts you on the spotlight to begin with, because if he didn't have that killer dunk in Chapel Hill, are we talking about him? If we didn't have that killer baseline dunk against the Hawks. That might be the best one so far. Are we really talking about? Like, there are things that he does well, but, like, what brought him to the dance was his vertical and his ability to get up quick and get up high. And let's let's show it for the world, kid. Show Mm -hmm. it for the world. Just don't do it in Charlotte. So moving on to Kimball Walker, and we have a lot of interesting scenarios surrounding the Charlotte Hornets because they are kind of a mediocre team. You know, it's, yeah. it's a it's a weird thing to try to juggle in the air of do we trade Kimball Walker? Do we keep on to him? You know, do we sign him to a, a max contract? Do we trade Kimba? Do we let him go? Do we trade Jeremy Lamb? You know, there's a lot of oh, different headache. Yeah, I know. There's a lot of different things surrounding what you need to do with the Hornets. But one thing that was uh, at least not a put out there and consider this is from, I guess, what you tweeted this out. From Walker, Walker, Har- Walker Harris. Put Who this out. writes for Swarm and Sting, I believe. All right. So Walker Harris from the Swarm and Sting, he put out, he said, quote, here's some realistic scenarios for free agency this summer for Kimba, Lamb, and Marvin if he chooses to opt out and sign a longer term deal. That's Marvin Williams, that is. Note that the four-year max is the most other teams can offer Kimba. And so he goes on to list some of the scenarios there, but not, I think, the one thing you wanted to get into first and foremost is that that might be something we haven't talked about a whole lot is the possibility of Marvin Williams actually opting out of his contract, which it's a lot of money. It's $15 million, right? Yes. And so if he were to opt in, that would just be the one more year that he would be getting paid that. Or could he opt out? have a longer deal at less money, but still be inked for a longer a longer time. time. Right. More importantly, finish up his career probably that last year. Like at this point, you need Marvin around for whatever young guys you're gonna have to bring in, no matter what. You're going to need that kind of guy. And with this idea of developing young talent, keeping him around for three years is probably the best possible scenario granted at a lower cap and tax more importantly opening up a little bit more salary to possibly keep a guy like jeremy lamb who the most i think he can make is four for 47 so i'm kind of with this for now but at the same time i could there's also a really good chance that marvin takes his one more year and and goes home after that i'm just exhausted by how in flux this team seems to be the rotations are in flux is Kimba Walker going to stay? Is Kimba Walker going to go? What's the future of Nick Batum? Will they find a trade partner? There's just so many things that are that are up in the air that are not happening on the basketball court. It's just and I think it speaks to how unsatisfying the brand of basketball we've we've been seeing with the Charlotte Hornets has been and and how unsatisfying the results have been. Like I, I feel like if they went on a five or six game winning streak, we could just stop talking about it for a little while. We could sort of zone in and fill and and sort of examine why they're successful 
and and what's happening. Instead, we we have to talk about you know every single scenario by which Kimball Walker gets traded. Doug just wants this team to be good. Yeah. <laughs> Doug just wants this to be a good basketball team. God bless him, man. Same. I'm with you. I want this team to be good. I just want to talk about basketball. I just feel like, again, we just, and and we, you know, it looks like Borrego hasn't settled on a rotation. So it's, it's difficult. I mean, you brought up Bismack Biombo over Billy Hernan Gomez, but how many times have we seen those guys flip flop? Yeah. How many times have we seen Malik Monk go from five minutes to 25 minutes and I'm not necessarily criticizing what Borrego's doing. He's trying to find the hot hand. He's trying to find the rotations that are going to send this team on a five or six game winning streak. But it's just exhausting because you can't really make any kind of analysis of this team. You know, the funny thing about your analysis right there, Doug, someone predicted that we were going to have a bunch of these whole, whole highs and lows. I believe that was you, Doug. I believe that was you. Well, listen, I mean, you know, as long as we're talking about it, I am a genius. I thought Nada, usually when Nada brings that kind of stuff up, I would imagine, I think 99% of the time, it's some prediction that Nada got right. Yeah. Even though Nada does flip so often that usually he is right because one of the three predictions that he made about any kind of subject. Seven, technically. Yeah, well, that's true. About any specific subject in question, usually you do get right. But I thought, well, he's giving you credit. He was giving you credit, Doug. So that's good from now. Thanks for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow.